Christian Conciliation on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me my dear friend, Ernie Baker. He's married to Rose, and the Lord has blessed them with six children. Five of them are married, and they have 11 grandchildren. He has the privilege of serving the Lord at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, as the pastor of counseling and discipleship. In addition, he has the privilege of chairing the online undergraduate degree in biblical counseling at the Master's University, serving there as an adjunct in the graduate program in counseling and as a director of training for overseas instruction in counseling. He's the author of several books, Marry Wisely, Marry Well, Help, I'm in Conflict, and Help, Disability Pressures My Marriage. He's also contributed chapters to five other books and written many journals and magazine articles. Ernie is certified with us here at ACBC, and he's a, a fellow with us as well. He's also a conciliator with the Institute for Christian Conciliation. And Ernie, I'm so grateful that you're here to talk about this issue of Christian conciliation. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, brother. I'm thrilled to be able to talk about this. Well, this is always fun, Ernie, to, to talk with you about lots of different subjects, but even this one in particular. And I want to start out just some people may say, well, I've heard of reconciliation before, but I'm not sure I know exactly what conciliation is. So I want to give you a chance at the beginning, just at the outset, to describe what we're talking about here when we refer to conciliation. Thanks. Well, that's a great way to jump into the subject. So in Scripture, the doctrine of reconciliation is central. and There's so many verses about reconciliation, and I love the doctrine of reconciliation. It's thrilling to my soul to think about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, being a mediator between us and our Creator, God the Father, so that we could be reconciled to Him after sin broke our relationship. And so conciliation ministry is the privilege of helping people get reconciled to one another following the example of our Lord, who is a mediator. And uh, Paul talks about that in the book of of 1 Timothy, that there's one mediator between God and man. So I believe it's a very Christ-like thing to do, to help do conciliation ministry and help people get reconciled to one another. It's it's absolutely thrilling to me. It's exhausting physically. Mm It is spiritually exhilarating to see people get reconciled or to coach people if the other party's not willing or reluctant to coach people how they could even in a unilateral way pursue people and become reconciled to the best of their ability. Uh, that's helpful. And and this may play into my the next part of my question as well. You're a conciliator with the Institute for Christian Conciliation. I, I want to know why are you interested particularly in this subject, maybe even a little bit about how you got into interest in uh, this idea of conciliation. And I'm sure it speaks a little bit to Christ being our mediator, what that picture means. We've been called ministers of reconciliation, of course. So talk a little bit about your interest there in this particular subject and then how you got into conciliation. I got into the subject when I was a young pastor, and it was out of desperation. So I'm 64 now, and I went through a very life-shaping event as a 32-year-old pastor. Young pastor, 
and I was put through the meat grinder of a significant church conflict. And there was a mediator that got involved. It got so bad that we had to call in a mediator. And I had enough biblical counseling training at that time to know that, and enough biblical training to just know that the way the mediator was handling it was significantly against biblical principles. But I had no say in it because I was the pastor who was being accused. But on my mind was processing all of this, that there has to be a better way to do this. Then I started working on my doctorate degree in biblical counseling at Westminster Seminary. And I was introduced to a book called The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. And I thought, here it is. Praise God, somebody has thought through these issues. And so I just started pursuing advanced training in conciliation through the Institute of Christian Conciliation, which at that time was a division of Peacemaker Ministries. They're now separate. And that would be good for the listeners to know is that Peacemaker Ministries and the Institute for Christian Conciliation are two separate organizations now. And what the ICC is to the Christian conciliation, biblical conciliation world, is similar to what ACBC is to the biblical counseling world. It is the certifying credentialing agency of the Christian conciliation world. And I've been very happy to be involved. Robert Jones is another conciliator. He and I, for years and years, have talked, I mean, decades actually now, we've had a dream of how do we help our brothers and sisters in the biblical counseling world understand the Christian conciliation world, and how do we help our brothers and sisters in the Christian conciliation world see the beauty of biblical counseling? And I can talk more about that later, about what we've been doing to try to bridge that gap. So I've, I've done all the phases of training with the ICC. Just like there's a process with ACBC, there is a process with the ICC. And now, uh, just as with ACBC, we have fellows supervising people. I'm a supervisor for the ICC, and I help people learn how to be a mediator. Now, that's helpful. As as we think about this, uh, you know how this works, Ernie, where for us, we like to make sure that everything is rooted in biblical reality and specific doctrines of our Christian faith. And I want you to describe a little bit, I mean, we can already tell the flavor, obviously, of our heart behind reconciliation and desiring to see entities or people reconciled. But talk about this from a, a biblical doctrine perspective. How does the subject tie in to a biblical doctrine of reconciliation? So I've already addressed the idea that our Savior's our mediator, and he has made us one in Christ. And there's so much in Scripture about love one another, about the way Christians are to interact with one another, about unity in the body, and in particular, and I address this in my little booklet, Help, I'm in a Conflict. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The bigger doctrine, I think, is the doctrine of the Trinity and the beautiful harmony that is in the Trinity. And I personally believe that the one another commands of the New Testament probably flow out of the way the Trinity interacts with one another. And we're made in the image of God and we're social beings. So God wants us to be in the people that we call our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church we are to be in unity with them. So that would lead me to say that the idea that Christians are unreconciled to one another is antithetical 
to the very essence of what the gospel is and antithetical to the idea of the church. It's heartbreaking to God. In fact, right in the context of Ephesians 4, our famous put off, be renewed in the spirit of the mind and put on passage, right in there as Paul's giving examples of the way the bodies to interact with one another, he says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you're sealed to the day of redemption. And then he goes into be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Right in the middle of that is it grieves the Holy Spirit when they're, we're not interacting with each other in the right way. So biblical conciliation ministry is rooted in all kinds of rich theology. Yeah, and, and these are not simply suggestions. They're, they're calls of the Lord to us as believers, something that, according to our sin nature, is quite frankly very unnatural to us. We would prefer to divide over lots of different issues, but the beauty of the Spirit in us, testifying of Christ, breeds unity. I love the way that you described that. Now, you've talked about this a little bit, at least how you got into conciliation and some of the ways the you know, you were impacted early on in ministry. I want you to talk a little bit more about how biblical conciliation principles has impacted you on a personal level, whether that be, you know, someone who, as you've learned this, you've been impacted, or as you've engaged in conciliation, how you've been impacted. That's tough to decide which part the question start with first, but um, I'll talk about ministry first. I love doing mediations, so I love coaching people with biblical principles of how to get reconciled with others. But when you get in a mediation room and you see people humbling themselves and confessing sin and then granting forgiveness to one another, husbands and wives that have been so mad at each other or family members who they have broken relationships, they haven't talked to each other, and then they humble each other because the Holy Spirit's working and we have this process of mediation and they're they're getting reconciled to one another. You're seeing the power of the gospel unleashed. And I walk away from every mediation exhausted, just physically and emotionally, but exhilarated spiritually. Uh, we even sing songs. Uh, we just did a mediation maybe about a week ago. And the end of the first day, we sang Amazing Grace together because they had already been confessing sin and forgiving each other. And then the end of the second day, we finished the whole mediation with the doxology. And it was just this very worshipful, tiring, but worshipful experience. But personally, my own family, when our kids were teenagers, we read the book Peacemaking for Families by Ken Sandy, which is a family version of the bigger book, The Peacemaker. And then we practiced that when our kids got to be teenagers and a little bit older I used to joke and say, I feel sorry for you that your father's a pastor who's a biblical counselor, <laughs> and, uh, because uh, we practice those principles in our family, and I wanted my kids to go into marriage having conflict resolution practice, and we taught them a principle based on Philippians 2, 3 to 5 called the pause principle, and our older teenage children, uh, we actually worked through conflicts with them in our home using the pause principle. Rose and I have used it for decades. That is our conflict resolution procedure. Every couple needs to have a conflict resolution procedure. And in many ways, you know, I think Rose would say the same thing if she was here on the podcast, is that peacemaking principles 
have deeply impacted our marriage, maybe even saved our marriage, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to actually apply the gospel to our relationship. And that's so helpful. E- even as you're talking, I'm thinking in my mind of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul's talking about the way in which he came to the brothers and sisters in Corinth. He didn't come with lofty speech. And verse 3, he mentions, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling in my speech, and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And this is what you just described, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And the beauty of what you were seeing, and I think partly why you you can end a, a session, very difficult sessions of conciliation, saying, you know, God restore through reconciliation is because of the power of God that happens in the lives of people. And that is worthy of our worship. And it's fun when you get to see the Lord do such a work like that. And again, we're not minimizing the fact that it's emotionally draining, physically difficult. It's very intense conversations at times. And so, man, that's really helpful. All right, let me finish out with maybe maybe one other question. Why is this subject important for us in biblical counseling? And how do you personally use these principles in your counseling ministry? There isn't a week that goes by that I don't use biblical conciliation principles. And if if Robert Jones was on the podcast, he would tell you the same thing because he and I have talked about it many times that our training with the ICC, we learned strategies, principles, and we both had very advanced biblical counseling training, but we learned things through the ICC of ways to help people get reconciled and strategies to use that we never heard in our biblical counseling training. So I'm using them on a regular basis. We've trained all of our counselors here at First Baptist with these principles and continuing to do that. We're training whole teams of not just biblical counselors. We have teams of mediators being trained here at First Baptist. And we'll talk later, I believe, about mediation. And then by the grace of God, there is a biblical counseling class in the curriculum at Masters University in the undergrad program, both both online and in the traditional program. The MABC program now requires a biblical conflict resolution class as a core. And the Master Seminary, I had the privilege of starting a pastoral conflict resolution class at the Master Seminary. They continued that even after I left campus uh, teaching out there. They now have a uh, class in biblical pastoral conflict resolution at Master's Seminary and gotten to teach this all over the world. It's amazing how one horrible story back when I was 32, I've been able to do mediations. I forget how many continents now I've done mediations and teach graduate level biblical conflict resolution classes and I'm just amazed at how the Lord can take brokenness and turn it into something beautiful. So it's it's dramatically impacted my my ministry and how I even think about doing biblical counseling. You know, th- this actually works very very closely with what we describe here in biblical counseling. I mean, that's what we're after. We want to see reconciliation. We want to see people grow in the things of God. We want to see maturity. But isn't this just what God does, where he takes ashes and turns them into beauty? And you're extrapolating biblical principles to be able to apply in very difficult, broken situations and uh, to see the work of God. I mean, that's what we're about. Now, today on the podcast, we talk conceptually, Ernie, but I want to have you back next week. I want to talk specifically about mediation, which will be a little bit more practical as we dive in to maybe what this looks like more specifically. And so I'm interested. I can't wait until we get a chance to chat next week as well. That will be great. 
You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. So thankful for Ernie and how he thinks through this process of conciliation. And it reminds me that we have institutions, our certified training centers, teaching on specializations and continuing education units and advanced topics and our fundamentals all over the place in the U.S. And so I want you to avail yourself to to those topics and remind you that next week, Ernie's going to join us to talk about mediation. What is biblical mediation? So make sure you join us for that. I want to mention a couple of things before we shut down today. The first thing is we have an upcoming CDT, Counseling Discipleship Training, put on by ACBC in the Austin, Texas area. And so if you're in that area, I would encourage you to take advantage of our fundamentals training being offered at High Point Baptist Church. The first weekend of that training is January 27th and 28th. It's three weekends during the spring where you will learn all the fundamentals of ACBC taught by quality teachers as well. I also want to mention that that reminds me of our training centers abroad. Look for training around you. There are 80 two training centers now of ACBC that are all preparing to teach fundamentals during this spring time. And so make sure you avail yourself to those opportunities, which you can find out on our webpage, biblicalcounseling.com. I also want to mention one other thing. This is a really important note, especially thinking about how many folks we had join us last year for our conference. In October of 2023, October 2nd through the 4th, we will have our annual conference at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California. I want to remind you that we have a price jump coming up January 31st. There will be limited seating at this year's annual conference. And so I want to encourage you, if you're planning to attend, it will certainly help us. And you want to make sure that you have a seat to go ahead and register. That price jump again will be January 31st, and there is limited seating available. And so we look forward to gathering as we do every year. We want you to be able to join us. This will be a a wonderful time with wonderful teaching. So make sure that you go onto our website, find more out about our annual conference that will happen October of 2023. That price jump happens January 31st. So go find out more about our annual conference, biblicalcounseling.com.